Well, those of you who know me know I enjoy reading. One of the things that's kind of fun. I like to read books, gain knowledge and understanding in preparation for sermons and Bible classes and theological understanding as well as just going on with what's in the world. But I also enjoy reading simply for entertainment. I have a pretty extensive reading list that I use. Well, a number of years ago, I came across a short story that, that I thought was great, and it's just kind of stuck with me over the years, and it's moved me and even brought a bit of tears to my eyes. And I want to share parts of it with you this morning. It's entitled The Sandpiper, and it's written by Robert Peterson. She was six years old when I first met her. Met her on the beach near where I live. I drive to the beach a distance three or four miles whenever the world begins to close in on me as my release. Well, she was building a sandcastle or something. She looked up, and her eyes as blue as the sea. Hello, she said. I answered with a nod, not really in the mood to bother with a small child. I'm building, she said. I see that. What is it, I asked. I really didn't care, but it was the right thing to say. Oh, I don't know. I just like the feel of the sand. Well, actually, that sounded pretty good to me, I thought. I slipped off my shoes. At that time, then, a sandpiper, a bird, it kind of glided by. A little girl, big eyes, and she points to it and said, that's a joy. I looked at her, a joy? She said, yeah, a joy. My mama says sandpipers come to bring us joy. Well, the, word, the bird went gliding down the beach, as they do. Goodbye, joy. And I muttered to myself in pain, what's the use? I was depressed. My life seemed so completely out of balance. What's your name? She asked. She wouldn't give up. Robert, I answered. I'm Robert Peterson. Mine's Wendy. I'm six years old. Well, hi, Wendy. She kind of giggled. You're funny. Well, in spite of my gloom, I kind of had to laugh. and I walked on. And her musical giggle followed me. Come again, Mr. P. We'll have another happy day. Well, the next few days was a busy one for me. Groups of unruly Boy Scouts that I work with and youth meetings and an ailing mother. Oh, my. Well, the sun was shining one particular morning as I took my hand out of the dishwater. I needed a sandpiper, I said to myself, and gathered up my coat and the ever-changing balm of the seashore awaited me. Ah. Oh, the breeze was kind of chilly, but, but I strode along trying to recapture the serenity that I needed. Hello, Mr. P, little Wendy said. Do you want to play? What do you have in mind, I asked with a twinge of annoyance in my voice. I don't know. You say. How about charades, I said rather sarcastically. Well, the twinkling laughter kind of burst forth again. I don't know what that is, she said. Well, then let's just walk. Well, looking at her, I, I noticed the delicate fairness of her face. We 
where do you live? She said, I live over there. She pointed toward a row of summer cottages. Strange, I thought, this is kind of fall, winterish stuff. Well, where do you go to school? I don't go to school. Mommy says we're on vacation. Well, she chattered little girl talk as we strolled up the beach. But my mind was on other things. And when I left for home, Wendy said it had been a happy day. Well, feeling surprisingly better, I kind of smiled at her and agreed. Well, three weeks later, I, I rushed back to the beach in a state of near panic. I was in no mood to even greet little Wendy. Well, I thought I saw her mother standing on the porch of the cottage, and I felt like demanding that mom keep that little child at home that day. Look, if you don't mind, I said rather crossly when, when Wendy caught up with me, I'd rather be alone today. She seemed unusually pale and out of breath. Why? she asked. I turned to her, not very nicely said, because my mother died. And then I thought, my God, what was I saying this to a little child for? Oh, she said quietly. Then, is this a bad day? Yeah, yeah, I said. And yesterday and the day before, I'll go away. Did it hurt? She inquired. Did what hurt? I was exasperated with her and myself. Well, when she died, of course it hurt, I snapped, misunderstanding what she was asking. Wrapped up all of myself and strode off. Well, a month or so after that, when I next went to the beach, Wendy wasn't there. Feeling kind of guilty and a bit ashamed the way I left it a month earlier, I admitted to myself I'd missed her. So I went up to the cottage after my walk, and I knocked on the door. And a kind of drawn-looking young woman with kind of honey-colored hair opened the door. Hello, I said. I'm Robert Peterson. I missed your little girl today and wondered where she was. Oh, oh yes, Mr. Peterson. Please, come in. Wendy spoke of you so much. I'm afraid I allowed her to bother you. If she was a nuisance, please accept my apologies. Oh, oh, not at all. She's actually a delightful child, I said, suddenly realizing that I meant it, what I had just said. Mom took a breath. Well, Wendy died last week, Mr. Peterson. She had leukemia. Maybe she didn't tell you. Struck dumb, I, I kind of groped for a chair. I had to catch my breath. Mom said, well, she loved this beach, so when she asked to come, we couldn't say no. She seemed so much better here and had a lot of what she called happy days. But the last few weeks, she declined rapidly. Mom's voice faltered a bit. She, she left something for you. If, if, if you can hold on a minute, I'll see if I can find it. Could you wait a moment? I nodded kind of stupidly my mind racing for something to say to this lovely young woman who had just lost so much. She came back and handed me a smeared envelope with Mr. P, printed in bold, childish letters. Inside was a drawing, and bright kitty color crayon hues, 
a yellow beach, a blue sea, a brown bird, and underneath it was carefully printed, a sandpiper to bring you joy. Well, he lost it, of course. Tears welled up in my eyes, and, and a heart that had almost forgotten to love opened wide. Well, I took mother, Wendy's mother in my arms, and I'm sorry. I, I, I'm so sorry. I, I am so sorry, I uttered over and over again, and we wept together. That precious little picture, Robert said, is now framed and hangs in my study. Six little words, one for each year of Wendy's life, that speak to me of harmony and courage and undemanding love. A gift from a child with sea blue eyes and hair the color of sand who taught me the gift of love. Wow. You got your Kleenex out? What's the takeaway from this little story? Well, actually, it's really pretty simple. At least I hope it is for you. And that is, very simply, we need to take time to enjoy living and life and each other. Here's the way St. Paul says it. But encourage each other every day while you still have something called today. Help each other so that none of you will be fooled by sin and become too hard to change. Life can be pretty complicated at times, can't it? I know we go around the room, you can fill in all kinds of stories about what's going on in your lives, can't you? Well, the hustle and bustle of everyday life, as well as the traumas that pop up, what's going on in Israel and Palestine and all the Hamas and all the terror stuff that's taking place, it's just almost overwhelming. We don't know what's going on. It can make us lose focus about what's truly important and what's only a momentary setback or crisis. You do know, at least I hope you know, that Satan, Satan, he has a plan for you, you. And his goal is not pretty. He's not your friend, nor does he have your best interest in mind. He wants you to stay as far away as possible from the primary focuses of your life, your family and your loved ones, and, and most of all, from God. And don't ever forget that Satan is very good at his job. Thousands of years of practice. But I also hope you know and remember that God also has a plan and a goal for you. And it's exactly the opposite of Satan's goal. And make sure you remember this. God does have your best interest, eternal interest in mind. And here's what God wants for you from Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I love it. One of my favorite passages. And you know what else? He loves you. God, my friends, made it possible to let his plans to prosper you take place to give you hope, to give you a future, because he loves you. He doesn't owe you anything, but he loves you. And he proved it, right? By giving us the one thing that makes it all possible. Who? Jesus. Jesus empowers us because of what he did for us 2,000 years ago. He took our place on the executioner's death cross, died instead of us as we should have because of our sin. Romans 5.9 says it this way. 
And since we have been made right with God, we've been made right with, in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Because of that substitutionary gift that we now are guaranteed a life to enjoy forever in heaven one day. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Looking forward to it. Hope you are too. But in addition to the then, someday, you and I get a bonus from God. You know what it is? We're also given today and tomorrow and as many days as God sees fit to allow you and me to enjoy and use to our good and to God's glory. Wow, pretty neat gift, isn't it? So my question, pretty simple one for this morning. What are you going to do with your days? What are you going to do with them? You've no doubt learned that in life there are problems and difficulties, some, some heartaches, probably several serious traumas and crises, maybe going through them right now. Life will always have its share of downers and sadness. We get that. Some deadly, like little Wendy in our story this morning. But the question remains, how are you going to deal with all of that? Moan, groan about how awful your life is? Or are you going to choose a different course, a different attitude? As you know, your, your answer will determine your future to a large extent. Well, I, I hope you get the point of our little sandpiper story today. Because you're the only one who can determine if yours is going to be a good or a bad day. Choice is yours and yours alone. It's not the circumstances, those you can't control. It's not the people around you whom you can't force to do your bidding. And it's not the culture around you which seems to be crumbling almost as we speak today. It's only you. It's your attitude. It's your outlook on life that can determine your future. So how's your day going to be? Something you're going to have to decide. Here's a little challenge I want to leave with you today. How about choosing this week to give your loved ones an extra hug? Or perhaps taking a moment, even if it's only 10 seconds, to stop and smell the roses. And never brush aside anyone as being insignificant, whether they be six years old or 90 plus. Who knows what they can teach us? But what's it going to be for you, my friends? What's your choice going to be today? I wish for you a sandpiper. Amen.